0: out and away we go we just got back from a trip up north uh, the, the our friends to the north it was an absolutely I thought it was an absolutely fantastic weekend but before we get to that obviously I am your host Marco I'm Ian so Ian. What was your initial thoughts of the race? How'd you feel coming coming up on uh, you know Sunday Monday?
1: Yeah, I mean going into the weekend, we uh, like heard some fear coming out of Mercedes, possibly just because of some technical directives, and seeing how that was gonna shape out along with the weather. Like we knew we were gonna see some rain. Uh, I was definitely looking forward to an exciting qualifying, which it was, and uh, yeah, man, the race at a lot of talking points that I can't wait to get to.
0: Yeah, I think we we had something pretty big and something to talk about pretty much every single day starting from Thursday. So, like, yeah. I think throughout, the, it was a very entertaining full, full weekend. So um, I could not have been happier with it. To talk about what we will be covering this podcast, as always, we will be covering our good, bad, and ugly, followed by our race recap, our race haikus, and ending it, and ending the podcast off with our race predictions recap. So to hit the ground running with our good, bad, and ugly, I would love to start. <coughs> my good is going to be it's not necessarily a good I'm, I'm just going to say this mercedes is going to finish second in the constructors championship i think the good part is it's going to be an electric finish i don't know I, it just seemed after this weekend i was i was i sent you a message on friday from a lewis conversation saying hey like check up, chalk it up to next year let's start working on the car for next year i was like oh my god like they're in big big trouble 24 hours later my mentality completely switched i could see them i don't know why raising the car and kind of following the rules these new rules actually helps the mercedes but they had some great pace and um, i think that they're going to be slowly maybe chipping away if these two guys kind of like the one two start really like fighting each other off if there's some inconsistency issues that mercedes really hasn't really seen about like not finishing races but you see continuously a Ferrari or a Red Bull not finishing. I can see them maybe, you know, climbing potentially number two and then maybe finishing off number two. I don't see them one, but I think my good is going to be them making it not just a one-two race between Ferrari and Red Bull.
1: I mean, I let's hope you're right. How electric would that be? Like, we need some kind of excitement up at the front just because of how Red Bull's kind of performing right now. But yeah, dude, if Mercedes could nick that and then that gave him momentum going into the next year to actually fight with Red Bull again, that'd be like a perfect little start to the redemption story. It's like the start of the championship DVD, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, they're a mere 40 points away from Ferrari. Like, that. that's not saying too much.
1: That's crazy.
0: <laughs> that is crazy. My good was going to be, if everything kind of continued the trend, Mick proving that he deserves to stay in the Haas car. It quickly turned around on Sunday when he ended his race at near 20 laps in. Um, I know just kind of like looking forward, you know, what changes we're going to see. I don't really see much of a silly season this year of a lot of like a ton of turnover, a lot of like hopping. I think there's going to be a couple that we see, but not too many. I think this one is going to be definitely one in contention. And the other big one that um, I I think a lot of people are going to be looking at is McLaren. But, yeah, I mean, I think it was just such a tough day for Haas in general to have such a strong Saturday. Um, they were really excited, like, the entire weekend. They knew the had pace. They were – and, like, talking about Mercedes just then, Haas, also another team really struggling on por- porpoising, showed amazing pace after – you know, and, and the porpoising really wasn't there to be seen. So, like, two teams that had struggled the worst with it um, showed promises of a strong weekend. Unfortunately, Haas, um, both drivers kind of ran into their unfortunate end. Uh, yeah, it's just poor poor Mick again. I feel like we say this every week now.
1: Dude, poor Mick. It's such a bummer to see him. Like, it just it kills me. It hurts in my stomach. When I saw that, I was like, man. He just, like, sets himself up perfectly for these points, finishes, and... Just like some situation causes him to get out of it. So, yeah, feel for him.
0: Yeah. And then uh, my ugly little – we're going to throw this out into left field here. Pierre Gasly being a pervert.
1: Okay. Let's <laughs> <laughs> let's dive I in. Don't know,
0: I don't know if you saw this. I know you were on a bachelor party this weekend, so I sent you this video. I posted it on our Instagram. There's a video going around of him being interviewed. And him – I mean, I'm going to take it like this, creepily forcing himself – upon men, women uh, asking, and nay, forcing them to give him massages. I don't know if you saw this, but he was constantly talking about massage And he's like, oh, how about you give me a massage? And he's like, oh, she'll give me a massage on the plane. I've never, I mean, usually if you say massage in a conversation more than five times, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he touched about 10. And I, like, I was always wondering why all the drivers would be like, oh, like he's... Deshaun Watson Jr. and I was like, "What the fuck does that even mean?" Like, he's an athlete, but now I get it.
1: <laughs> that all makes sense now. We're like, oh, like, no Got it. Yeah. Oh,
0: so yeah. So that was my ugly Pierre. Just like keep it in your pants.
1: <laughs> all right. So for my good, bad, and ugly, starting off with my good, I'm gonna go with Carlos Sainz. So um, obviously, he didn't take the win home. I'm sure he probably would have preferred to, you know, be on the top step of the podium, but. He did say he felt like the fastest man on track for a while during the race, which was, I think, he said, you know, it was the first time all season that that's been the case. You saw him putting in some purple sectors toward the end of the race and just felt like he was really keeping up with Verstappen, um, like, you know, being confident in, in, in just, like, following close behind. So, um, only bad part is that he is tied for third in podiums uh, of all of F1's history without a win. So, it's <laughs> like kind of like, all right, Carlos, let's, uh, let's get you on the top step of that podium. But uh, especially with a Ferrari, he should be able to do it. So, that's my good. My bad is going to be... Um, pot stirring comments from Helmet Marco. so he said, quote, when Hamilton gets on the podium, it suddenly becomes much easier for him to get out of the car, referencing how Lewis was, you know, like kind of hunched over and looked very like he was aching super bad when he got out of the car last weekend, and this time looked like he was very uh, agile and very fit, so... All that happening in, a, like, basically his recovery happening in a week was what uh, Marco commented on. Definitely threw in, you know, it was just a throwaway comment and it had people just going haywire on Twitter, uh, just with these super fans attacking one another, defending their driver and constructor. So uh, that would be my bad. My ugly is going to be murder because in practice leading up to the race, Carlos Sainz missed a groundhog by a couple of inches. A lot of animals around that part of Montreal, groundhogs being one of them, and groundhogs are no stranger to disrupting race cars during a weekend. Uh, you know, it just kind of happens up in Canada. It's one of the fun, it's like an obstacle course basically. And uh, the first one that you know barely missed Carlos's tires should have been a warning to the rest of the grid, but Nicholas Latifi ended up giving another groundhog an old. Uh, pirelli knuckle sandwich and sounded super sad right after it like doesn't make him less of a murderer in pita's eyes but hey you know if it's between hitting a wall and hitting a groundhog bet old nicky will definitely have chosen uh, or will be choosing you know murdering an innocent rodent of canada any day so uh yeah that would be my good bad and ugly let's move on to our race recap <makes noise> This upcoming race recap is brought to you by PETA, or the People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. Did you know that all clownfish are born male and will only change sex to become a dominant female? Since their founding in 1980, PETA has made it its mission to make the world a more compassionate place for animals. Now you might be saying, but aren't human beings animals too? And the answer to that is, pretty much. Did you know that most elephants weigh less than the tongue of a blue whale? PETA thought it would be a good moment to take out some airtime to bring attention to their hashtag, hashtag speciesism. Did you know that armadillos can catch leprosy? Like it says on PETA's website, quote, Bigotry begins when categories such as race, age, gender, disability, sexual orientation, or species are used to justify discrimination. Now you might be thinking, isn't that a bit silly? Or are we sure that we want to conflate very human-adjacent concepts like racism, ageism, and homophobia to the entire animal kingdom? But did you know cows can experience anxiety? And while PETA has the floor, we would be remiss not to comment on an overwhelmingly unfortunate murder recently caught on international television. Montreal, Canada played host to the pointless slaughtering of a woodchuck. Canadian native and man with Lego-shaped head, Nicholas Latifi, carelessly robbed the life of a cute furry friend from the land of Tim Hortons, and he also called it a groundhog, um, which for those of you who are unaware is a speciesist slur commonly used to refer to woodchucks. So, so, outside of disrespecting the groundhog's life, he also metaphorically kicked it while it's down by defaming the good name of woodchucks. Uh, did you know that all polar bears are left-handed? Partner up with PETA and the Eden Asphalt podcast to put murderers like Nicholas Latifi and other serial animal slaughters in jail by tweeting out the hashtag, hashtag, and speciesism. Start the reparation of a relationship between humans and animals, which, very similar to Nick Latifi's hopes of performing well in F1, have been written off for ages. Did you know that drafts can lick their own ears? Thanks, PETA, for sponsoring the Eatin' Asphalt Podcast as we try to make the world a less delicious place, but one that is safer for our animal brothers and sisters. And remember, visit PETA.org to see how dairy may have been the cause of your child's autism.
0: Moving right along to Moving right along to our race recap, we have our quals and free practice. So uh, moving into free practice, I think a lot of the biggest talk of the town uh, of the Twitter sphere and Formula One was Aston Martin, particularly Sebastian Vettel, doing well in free practice. He was uh, third fastest at FP3. He was top five or top 10 in the other ones as well. So I think a lot of people going into it, had a ton of high expectations for Vettel. I saw some bets saying Vettel to podium for plus 600. I still will never put a single wager on uh, F1 betting because the guy hasn't podiumed at all this year. Like, I, I get that he had a decent free practice, but my God, like, that's not great odds, in my opinion. Regardless, uh, went from free practice, not too hot for either Aston Martin as they, beca- uh, as the, not too hot for either Aston Martin as they were both out in Q1. Whoops. So yeah. uh, pretty, pretty tough uh, flip the roof from a Friday to a Saturday.
1: You could tell he was very disappointed. He was like, how did we get it so yeah, wrong? Another <laughs> tick fashion so, for them.
0: Yeah. Uh, speaking of people that had a great showing on during quals, both of our Canadian friends. Uh, I think, I mean, obviously we talked about
1: Stroller,
0: but the other Canadian, uh, Nicholas Latifi, uh, doing his typical out in Q1 presence.
1: Can I give you a Nick Latifi fact?
0: I mean, yeah, hopefully he's negative because fuck that guy.
1: He has gotten five P16s this year. This guy is addicted to getting P16s.
0: I think that might be actually maybe something that we do put some money on. To yeah, Nicholas Gutierrez <laughs> to get exactly P P16 in quals.
1: I would I would definitely do that. That's got to be
0: I mean it's going to be like plus 200 knowing their fucking odds. <laughs> <laughs> so absurd. But anyways, uh, I am going to ride this um, tough Saturday train because we have uh, Sergio Perez and Lando Norris, both guys that expect to get in Q3 both going out in Q2 with Sergio because of a crash and Lando Norris because of engine issues. So it was just, no one really expected Lando to, or no one really saw Lando not coming out. They were kind of waiting for him to come out after the Sergio crash. Everyone else was kind of coming out. He had, I think one lap, never made it back out, engine issues. So tough, tough Saturdays for both of them. Ended up being even just as bad, if not worse, of a Sunday for them as well. But we will get into that, of course. Um, another interesting move by Mercedes, they, um, uh, obviously Saturday was just uh, a wet and wild day, lots of puddles everywhere, a lot of slicks, a lot of intermediates going on, uh, Mercedes towards the end, you could, I think there's some, you know, some racing lines, some dryness starting to pick up, but still a good amount of wetness. Uh, they risked George by putting it onto softs for the last run of Q3. Loved it. Obviously did not paint out for them. He spun out like the second lap (laughs) he was on those bad boys. Uh, But I mean, I guess they were kind of in the mindset of, Hey, you know, if this does pan out, he's maybe, you know, top of the grid. He maybe he's, he's on the, like he's in the front of the grid, maybe a one, two, but uh, so I mean, you kind of don't mind the risk. I don't think he would have probably, you know, propelled too much further on intermediates. He was in, I think, you know, he ended up being what, fifth or sixth to start the race. So, um, you know don't hate it but man it was funny just to see how quick that back for it backfired the last thing i'm going to talk about is i think like the one bright thing that i saw for quals it was haas uh looking like they were in control so they had a p5 and p6 which best qualifying that they've had in a while like that was something that we haven't seen in like since i don't know 20 2019 maybe i don't know it's been it's been a minute since we've seen two consistent haas showing some good performances on a saturday um. Obviously on the negative, Sunday did not go as well for them either. So yeah, I mean, I think it was just a tough tough Saturday for a lot of people, tough Sunday for a lot of people, but I think that's what made it such a fun race.
1: Yeah, good stuff. Um, well, let's go ahead and talk about Sunday then and recap the top five constructors in the Constructors' Championship. All right, so starting off with uh, Alpine in P5 for the Constructors' Championship uh fernando alonso having the quals of i think that was kind of the main story here uh, was alpine that's where most of the eyes were anyway starting off saturday and and going into sunday Um, there was a lot of talk about how fernando was like yeah i'm gonna beat max into the you know into the first corner uh like a lot of eyes on him started off p2 ended up uh p9 after a penalty so he was uh he was p7 but after a five second penalty ended p9 Esteban Ocon had a pretty positive day. P7 uh, qual and then moving up to P6. Just looked like a kid on Christmas during those interviews. Like, he was happy. Um, you could tell he was, like, proud uh, of, like, what he did and with the team. He's now P9 in the championship. You know, cut, cut the gap from nine points behind Valtteri to seven points behind Valtteri. So, uh, yeah, I think... Obviously, a, like, a, a what could have been for Fernando, but realistically, like, with that, you know, with his penalty and being very naughty, racing Valtteri and, and the weaving, I think, was uh, what they got him for. But, yeah, that was, uh, you know, overall, I would say, like, relatively positive uh, for Alpine, especially given that McLaren shit the bed.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could tell the frustration. I think maybe that weaving came with Fernando being frustrated that he was constantly asking to uh, pass... Uh, that he was constantly asking to pass Ocon. They were basically saying, hey, if you do this, Bottas has a good, pretty good chance of passing him too. We've got to keep this as is to you know, keep us both in a, hopefully, a P6, P7 type of finish. Clearly, um, yeah, he didn't like that. He was not a fan of that. Uh, I think that might have led to him being a little frustrated and causing that little bit of weaving, pushing him back to P9. But, yeah, I mean, I... Obviously, Ocon finally beating Fernando in a race. I, I mean, you got to be pretty happy with that and, you know, getting more than one to two points that maybe we typically see from him. Uh, but that's great. Speaking of uh, teams that not, I mean, I was just talking about one to two points. Let's talk about a team that got a big whopping zero points. We have our buddies, the, uh, the Orange Papayas, uh, our good buddy Ian's favorite team, Danny Ricardo, a P9, so I may get into Q3. Great and rare to see that to a P11 out of the points. Lando Norris, like we said, did not make it into Q3 with an engine problem, P14, and ended with a P15. So, as we said, just a pretty disappointing weekend after having double points finish in Baku, which is something that we had not been typically used to seeing as well, because uh, Danny is not typically in the points. So, uh, the pit stops I think was probably one of the biggest issues that we saw from McLaren this weekend. Uh, they tried to do kind of like a double pit stop. Danny had a long one. It was just a really slow right tire. Uh, there was a very slow right wheel change causing Lando to kind of have to, to wait a little bit. He comes in uh, and then they just put on the wrong wheels uh, for <laughs> for, for Lando and causing that much longer of a pit stop. So uh, I think not only have the drivers struggled, but uh, the whole garage in general, just tough, tough weekend for those guys um definitely need that kind of like a burn sage in the McLaren headquarters zach brown's got to do something maybe he brings in zach brown band maybe get some country music you know change up the vibes a little bit because uh there has been mistakes inconsistency and just poor performance uh, throughout and seeing how they were doing just a mere two years ago uh and even last year it's just it's a a slow downhill i'd say like from the second half of last year to to now um, when they had Ferrari, kind of, they took that lead away from Ferrari. Now they're, you know, stuck in fourth, potentially fifth if they don't clean up their act, if they don't clean up their act here very soon. So, um, I think the only bright side you have is you have Lando Norris, who has scored seventy five percent of the team's points.
1: I mean, if we didn't have Lando, where would we be? Because we can't get anything out of Danny. We can't like the teams just screwing up left and right here and. Yeah, I just, I'm not, like, optimistic. And, dude, just, it would suck so bad to be in P5 behind Alpine. Like, that's where we end up. Like, that would be a, that, that would suck. Uh, like, there have been, obviously, worse years. But, just, like, like, coming into the season versus that result would be very difficult for me. Yeah,
0: it would be a, a tough swill to follow. Uh, it would be a tough pill to swallow.
1: <laughs> oh, gotcha.
0: Swill to Apollo.
1: Swill to follow. And let's talk about our third place team in the Constructors' Championship. So Mercedes, 188 points after this weekend. George Russell qualifying P8, obviously because he uh, probably could have done better. But like Marco said, went off on those soft tires and kind of ruined his qualifying, only making it up to P4, which is not bad at all. Uh, Lewis Hamilton calling P4 and making it onto the podium in P3. So, lots to celebrate, I think. Like, the FIA stuff, like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, like, they uh, came down with some technical regulations, basically saying, hey, you can only... Basically, you can only... Like, they quantified how much you can bounce, and people were saying, okay, well, then Mercedes is going to, like, have to lift lift their floor a little bit, and they're going to be screwed. It's going to destroy their lap time. But, I mean, like, they did it. The porpoising seems to be, like, at least relatively under control and uh and yeah i mean obviously lewis back on the podium for the first time since the first race of the year george still not breaking his top five streak Merck basically looking like a like a lock for p3 and the constructors at this point almost tripling the uh the the number of points that p4 has with mclaren having 65 so yeah, man, we mentioned Esteban being happy. Lewis was just giddy, giddy happy, like uh, like just so thrilled. He was like, yeah, you just, just that, that old Lewis that we used to get when he would come from like P7 and finish the race like two minutes in front of everybody. Be like, yeah, I just had right. to believe in my team. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like I said, I mean, the, the porpoising being gone, I think there's like there's excitement bubbling in the Mercedes garage is what it feels like. Um, you know, especially for a team, like I said, supposed to be considered to be negatively impacted by the coming changes uh, of the, like, FIA technical directive stuff. So, yeah, man, we'll see. Like you said at the beginning of the, of, uh, the podcast, maybe they could clip Ferrari and, and have that little excitement toward the last last part of the season here. I mean,
0: if they can consistently get a P3 to P4 and you expect a Ferrari or a Red Bull not to finish a race, I mean, it's only a matter of time. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see. And speaking of Ferrari, our second place team with 228 points, like we said, 40 points above Mercedes. Uh, we have 76 points behind nice math. Red Bull. Um, don't check that, that math, though. I could be wrong. Uh, but yeah, around 76 points around Red Bull, uh, plus or minus a couple, uh, with Carl, with Charles Leclerc having a, um, a penalty starting off in the back of the grid, a power unit change. So from P20 to P5, Carl Sainz, P3 to a close P2. Yeah, I think it was a great damage control weekend. I mean, they, like we said, got a new P, uh, power unit uh, and stole 29 points in, in the weekend. Is not too bad. So uh, any, any day you can start at the back of the grid uh, and your team comes out with that many points i would would say you know you would take that any day uh carlos as we had mentioned before like he at throughout on saturday and sunday was his car was the fastest on the grid um so his like his confidence is starting to really to build which could bode huge for ferrari if they have him driving like this and and charles up there with him as well I mean this could cause some serious troubles for red bull they they certainly need it uh, sooner rather than later (laughs) because uh red bull is just you know having better performances than them so yeah i mean i think if if he is supposed to you know get to it and figure it out now is the perfect time and um obviously charles going from p20 to p5 was great he did get just run into just uh, like a drs train a couple times ran into like a little bit of traffic here and there so his was a, definitely a difficult race for him. Like he had a pit a couple different times, just rubbing and wearing on those tires a lot. So uh, I think, I mean, I, I I would assume he was pretty exhausted after the race. Just how much he was having to kind of focus and pass these guys, and then repass these guys, and then repass these guys. So um, <laughs> I think it was a great race for for both of these guys. Uh, and I think, like we said, with the new power unit, hopefully we see that performance uh, really uptick. I mean, obviously him and Max have been kind of you know taking blow for blow between each other and hopefully this maybe you know gives them a little knock above max where it's you know for the next couple of weeks it's uh we see charles on the top of the podium every single time and you know bring that drivers championship that constructors championship down you know make it a little bit more competitive so i mean that's all we can hope for but i mean overall obviously you know uh, going into the weekend not the the points you would want to get out of it but uh, when you have unfortunate incidents, incidences like that, uh, I think you're going to be happy with those t- those points.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like recovery weekend gone right for him, I think is is like the uh, headline from Ferrari. Uh, and moving into P one, Red Bull, uh, three hundred four points walking away this weekend. Like we said, about seventy six. We're going to go. Uh, if that's wrong, that's Marco's fault. Seventy six points above. Ferrari. Weekend to forget for Sergio, man. Tough qualifying, obviously, like crashed and then uh, engine shut down. I think it was like nine laps into the race. Um, So yeah, he even said it was like, yeah, I'm ready to to forget this weekend. But yeah, weekend to celebrate for Max, uh, you know, extends his lead over Charles or or actually over Sergio now, I think in the uh, driver's championship points. You know, he has won, you know, we've had nine races. He's won six of them. So two-thirds of the races so far this season have ended up with Max Verstappen on the top of the podium. Um, So, yeah, 46 points ahead of Checo in P2 and 49 points ahead of Charles in P3. Uh, so yeah, Max could you know take the next race off and still be ahead by quite a bit. So, as far as their actual like race went, it looked like Max kind of had it early on. Just because of that sa- late safety car, we did get to see him fighting with Carlos, uh, and Carlos had some fresher tires. But looks like Max like just kind of stayed cool and collected and ended well for Red Bull. So yeah, Red Bull just kind of looking like uh, looking like the kings that got to get knocked off, but. Uh, he's just looking strong right now. I was seeing someone someone on Twitter, I can't remember who it was, record a video. It's like, you know, it's never not going to be Verstappen competing like for that win, like like either over his teammate or over Charles. Like he's just always there no matter what. And he's just racing on top form right now. If that continues, he's got to be – got to think he's going to be a uh, you know, two-time champ after this year.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think on the other side of things, Perez um, – just unfortunate weekend. He had a pretty unfortunate week uh, a couple of weeks ago with him getting a little handsy uh, out, out on the club. So maybe it's just that like that bad voodoo coming coming to get him a little bit, you know?
1: A little karma. Yeah. My, yeah. <laughs> what a video!
0: What a video, man. I mean,
1: good for him, I guess. Do you remember that was so? If you don't know what we're talking about, he was like there was a video of. Uh, how would you describe it, Sergio Perez? Just like talking closely to a girl in a nightclub. Like, they were a little bit too close. His wife is, uh, you know, at home with their very newborn baby, uh, and, like, that was a bad thing. And then his apology for it was literally like, yep, I saw that video. People know who I am, and I don't, like, question that. And I'm not going to be talking about this anymore, and I would prefer if you didn't either. And they just shut it down. No, No one talked about it after that. It was like, man, what an impressive apology.
0: Yeah, I thought I saw something where he was getting a little handsy as well. Like, you know, kind of like lower back area. Uh, hands oh, were okay. moving a little bit. But, little um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, we we like he said, we all know the kind of guy he is, and we shouldn't be talking about it. So I don't know why you wanted to bring this up.
1: Yeah, sorry. I'll, I'll shut up.
0: All right, well, that does it for our race recap. Uh, moving to our race haikus. Yeah. Ian, would you like to uh, recap
1: the awesome weekend in uh, literature form? Absolutely. So we're recording a little bit late into the week, uh, later than we normally do. Um, so I've had some time, and I instead I wrote three haikus. So and I want you to rank them. So we have a haiku podium. Okay. So this is I have an official official haiku, a Canadian haiku, and a sponsored haiku. I'm gonna start with the sponsored haiku, "Murder in Cold Blood." A woodchuck taken too soon. Rest in peace, sweet prince. Okay. Thank you. Canadian. Max wins again, eh? Hope all the drivers had fun. On to hockey games. And then my official is another Max win. Haas with a big old stinker. Red Bull engine sucks.
0: I'm going to go Canadian Sponsor real.
1: One, two, three. One, two, three? Okay, yeah. nice. I yeah. like it. I don't
0: know. I'm going to go with, uh, here's mine. One, I guess, you know, we didn't talk about, you know, doing more than one. Yeah, I mean,
1: I guess I'm just a harder worker.
0: Yep. Uh, mine is going to be <laughs> Bing Bong Groundhog Gone, Latifi Murders for Fun, Harambe Now This. <laughs> I kind of like your sponsor, I would say.
1: Yeah, we were on the same page with some of this stuff. Uh, All right, let's move on to our race predictions recap.
0: But before we get to our race predictions recap, this part of the podcast is sponsored by, you guessed it, PETA. PETA has long been a fan (laughs) of Formula One. Are you serious? PETA has long been a fan of Formula One. Like Ian said earlier... Animal cruelty could be, you know, race, all that stuff. No animal cruelty in a sport is rare these days. Football, you're running into other people. Uh, you have, uh, you know, animals out in the corners, mascots, you know, inappropriate. But in Formula One, no one really sees that. You know, it's just about a guy in his car. There's actually a particular driver we really enjoyed quite a lot, and it was Mr. Nicholas Latifi. Not only did he hurt animal, not only did he not hurt animals, but he would typically help the environment which peter always loves even a little bit more by crashing early or not finishing his race by a lap or two so you know getting those uh you know getting that goes gas levels down you know the the uh, co2 in the air he's he's cutting it off early because i think he he we thought he liked the environment we thought he liked animals good for him yeah good so we thought now this all ended after this weekend this fucker hunted down a poor groundhog and murdered it in broad daylight year after year Drivers evade these little fellows in Canada with ease until this guy, who's clearly a little bit on the spectrum, confuses one with a wall which he typically likes to run into. No one is putting him on the hook for this. We will not stand for this. Please sign the everyone must boo Nicholas Satifi until he pays Eaton an Asphalt and PETA one million dollars that will go into the Groundhog Relief Fund petition now. If you care about these beautiful creatures like we do, sign the petition. E. only requires to give a minimum of fifty dollars of the one million dollars to Groundhogs. They cannot be held liable for the misuse of the rest of the funds.
1: Wow, we uh, our our two ad departments really really saw the same vision here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I,
0: shocker that we have two ad departments, and shocker that PETA is is attacking them both.
1: Yeah, man, that that's crazy. They didn't even tell us. <laughs> they didn't even have that yeah, communication. I wish
0: they would have communicated with us because I think they, we would have given them a discount. But, I mean, more money for <laughs> us, I guess. Am I right?
1: All right. Well, interesting. And let's move on to our race predictions recap. Uh, before this weekend going into it, Marco and I were tied at 11 points each. Marco, why don't you start off with how your race predictions went?
0: Landed one. And it was the one that I said I never ever get right. Wildcard prediction, Lewis on the podium.
1: And I mean, Bravo. That was a that, was a that was a great call. That yeah. pretty good about it Especially how we were calling uh we were talking about like how Mercedes could be screwed here. Yeah, you really nailed that. Props to you. So you deserved that. Um I got a pull for Max Verstappen was my prediction there. So I also got one point um although i would like to bring into consideration douche of the day so uh, first appreciate uh summer's eve for uh, sponsoring this segment douche of the day um we want to talk about we as in me and my team want to talk about uh latifi for killing the groundhog obviously if Peta, if we both uh you know experienced some, some knocking on the door from PETA just because of, you know, how big of a deal this was. Maybe Latifi is a bigger douche than we realize. Um, can I get your thoughts on that?
0: I would say if it happened in the race, I would I would non question give him douche of the day. But the douche of the day it's not douche of the weekend,
1: right? I guess this that's douche true. of the day. That's true. Yeah, you know, no, I mean, I don't have an argument for that. So yeah, But, I mean, I would
0: fully agree if it was Latifi on Sunday running over that little sucker, 100% well-deserved.
1: All right, fair enough. Um, well, yeah, that leaves us with 12 points each for our race predictions uh, at this point. We have next week off, and then we are on to Silverstone. But until then, uh, like always, we appreciate everybody listening. Thank you for taking the time to recap a great weekend with us. Uh, Big thanks to PETA. Shout out. Really made a big impression on this episode. Uh, Marco, any closing thoughts before we send the people off? I do not.
0: No. So...
1: (laughs) All right. Nope. Good stuff. Let's go to bed. See you, assholes.
0: See you, assholes.